the end of everything, we just want freedom. We just want the ability to choose, finding your voice and navigating self-doubt and being able to go through the flux of emotions is seeing where we are limiting ourselves, looking in the mirror and asking where the control really comes from and why we feel the need to control ourselves, why we feel the need to micromanage every aspect of our lives or micromanage ourselves, making sure that we stay in line and we don't fuck up and we don't say the wrong thing instead of just being radically accepting for who we are. If you wouldn't invite someone into your house, if you wouldn't invite someone into your space, you don't wanna let them in your head. And the only opinion that really should matter is your own opinion of yourself. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act, right? Instead of a life. I am Vanessa Fontana and welcome back to Figuring Shit Out. Um, This week was chaotic with a lot of transformation. I think everyone felt it. Um, Just a lot of ups, a lot of downs. And I bought a camera, so I'm really excited to start using it. And I also bought a new mic, so if I sound clearer, amazing. And if I don't, then it will be returned. But... Speaking of microphones and speaking and new evolutions, this episode is going to be about finding your voice and navigating self-doubt. And I have had quite a journey with this throughout my life. And after spending a lot of time in hiding throughout my life, I've realized the desire to hide, where it comes from, how baseless it really is. Learning how to speak your truth is not an easy thing because we grow up with ideas in our brain of who we should be, what we should be, where we should go, and it can be such a struggle to find a voice, to know that that is your voice, especially in the background of subconscious and the background of all of the voices you may have grown up hearing. Speaking your truth really requires a knowing of your truth. When you struggle to speak up, when you struggle to own who you are and you pay attention to what thoughts are behind that resistance, you start to listen to a little part of your brain that will tell you where you are messing up. It's this inner critic that is always on, always having something to say. You'll find that it says a lot of things about who you are, the way that you move, the way that you speak. It will criticize you after you speak up in conversations with groups of people. It will be the voice in your head that goes over and over every little thing you said and why you said it. It is the part of us that provokes a lot of anxiety 
that overthinks, that judges ourselves, that puts pressure on ourselves. And the more that you listen to it from a place of detachment and objectivity instead of being so identified with it and taking everything that it says as truth, the more that you really take a step back and detach from it, the more that you can start to observe those thoughts and listen to the underlying beliefs that might be strung within them. We grow up hearing stories. We grow up learning stories. We grow up learning from other people, watching other people, looking at how they are and comparing ourselves to them. We grow up with the conditioned behaviors and beliefs that our parents gave to us and try to find our way through it all by taking it on. And then looking at the world through this lens of perceptions that might not even be your own, telling yourself a narrative that just isn't true, that's been perpetuated for you, that you didn't even have a choice to believe or not. And this is what really creates that barrier to believing in yourself and learning how to find your voice and thinking that the perceptions and opinions of other people are important in a grand sense. When we're children, we have a sense of freedom that we somewhere along the way lose as we grow into adulthood and we start comparing ourselves to other people. And what can be so challenging about losing that innocence is that it doesn't really leave you. It just hides. So all of the things that you did in freedom without the fears of other people, they become clouded. In judgments, in fears of judgments, we start to hide, we start to bandage things up, we start to make fun of ourselves or put other people's feelings about us at the center of our world rather than what we want. We start to look at the gazes of other people and imagine what they would say if we acted out of what we really want. And it can be so challenging when you forget what it was like to be a child and what it was like to have freedom to have a voice. It's hard to remember the things that made you so happy as a kid and not be able to be in touch with them. And it's hard to sit with the discomfort that comes from cognizance of other people's perception. The way that we can overcome the need to please others and the need to make others feel satiated before making ourselves feel satiated is really by being in touch with that inner child inside of you, the part of you that wants to act out of creative callings, the part of you that wants to express, the part of you that gets happy when little things happen, the part of you that wants to giggle and laugh when a joke is told or something is funny. If you lose that part of you, you become hardened, you become distant from the true nature of yourself, if you lose the part of you that doesn't take life that seriously, you lose all the freedom that's within that ability. As children, the world is endless. It is filled with boundless opportunity and it is fun and it is discovery. And you grow up and it all becomes so jaded. It all becomes so regular. But does it have to be? Is that Just because of everything we are told, everything we're conditioned into, as soon as we start going to school at five years old, we are given rules and boundaries and told not to do certain things and that this is what good looks like and this is what bad looks like. Those boundaries, those constrictions, they follow us 
throughout our lives and they limit our freedom. They limit parts of us that we once were in touch with. They can drag us down and bog us down. But it's important to remember that that child is still within you and that child still wants to be expressed and maybe it can't anymore. And as we grow, we become wiser. But there is part of you at one point in your life that wasn't scared to speak. There was part of you that wasn't scared to express or to run down the road with your hands in the air. So much about navigating self-doubt and struggling to speak up comes from a sense of shame that who we are is not okay. And it really starts with being able to radically accept yourself first for all parts of who you are, for everything that you want, for what you desire, owning it, being okay with it, accepting it. And that also means accepting the bad parts, the fluxes of emotions that you go through um, and realizing that it's okay to feel those things. It's okay to go through the ups. It's okay to go through the downs. We're going to have rises and falls and it's going to be wonderful and then it's going to be sad. And through it all, we have to remember not to take it so, so seriously, not to saturate ourselves in the perceptions of other people, not to saturate ourselves in expectations that other people might have for us or expectations that we are putting on ourselves. It feels like so much of the time we are under this enormous pressure. There's this weight that's sitting on our shoulders. There is this inner voice that never shuts up. And you take a step back and you realize where you're blaming other people or other things or systems where they're maybe really not to blame. And you just start asking yourself, is this true? Like, do I actually have to do this thing? Is this person actually going to be upset at me if I say no? Is this thing going to fall apart if I don't show up right now, right here, or can it wait five minutes? All of those things you just start asking yourself and you start realizing how much unnecessary pressure you put on your own shoulders and all from conditioned beliefs that you might have once had when you were a child or what your parents said or what they wanted from you or what other people wanted from you. And you just start to survey all of the thoughts and opinions that you've collected throughout your life from other people that are literally crocheted into the crevices of your mind. And then you start to think about what you want and who you might have been when you were at your most free and seeing that those things don't align, knowing that you have power in how you choose to act from that standpoint it becomes a way to dissociate from that mental inner chatter, from that part of us that just wants to judge and wants to keep us restricted and wants to keep us not free. So really at the end of a lot of finding your voice and navigating self-doubt and being able to go through the flux of emotions is seeing where we are limiting ourselves, looking in the mirror and asking where the control really comes from and why we feel the need to control ourselves, why we feel the need to micromanage every aspect of our lives or micromanage ourselves, making sure that we stay in line and we don't fuck up and we don't say the wrong thing instead of just being radically accepting for who we are, knowing that we are human beings and that we are going to fall, we are going to rise. But at the end of it all, you are you. And that's so special. And that's okay to fuck up. It's okay to say the wrong thing and not needing to be this, this idea of something that someone put in your head when you were a child and knowing that 
there is something else. There is something much deeper within me, inside of me that I may have had when I was a kid that along the way I might have lost. And that's all okay. It's just about the realization. Waking up to the fact that embarrassment is a choice will be the one thing that frees you from every little structure of control in your brain that tells you not to do something because you're scared of what other people will think or say. When you can really just not care, learning how to not care does not mean that you're never going to fear what people think about you. Learning to not care means that you hear the voice inside of your head that tells you to care, that tells you to stop, that tells you to act from a place of being scared and not do the thing and telling it to fuck off and telling it to just move down the road. You don't need it right now and you're going to do it anyways. It is about having that power between the thought that exists and the autonomy that you have to be able to go do the thing that you want to. You realize that caring about other people's approval will make you their prisoner. You realize that no one is paying attention to you as much as you are. When was the last time you looked at another person while they were in conversation and cringed at something that they said? It's probably pretty rare that you find yourself doing that, really judging other people. But if you do, it's time to stop judging other people. It's time to stop letting your mental narrative ring up stories about other people and care about their drama and get involved in their drama and think about them and talk badly about them. You have to stop gossiping if you want to really learn to love yourself. I don't know why there is such a huge correlative nature between gossiping and talking about other people and having a real sense of self-deprecation, but those two things are so incredibly high because the only reason you would judge another person, you would see something and look at them doing something out of the nature of who they are and say, ew, is if you would say that to yourself. The more that you start to love yourself, the more that you start to use your voice and speak your truth, the more that you want other people to do the same, the more that you want to encourage other people to be who they are, the more that you love yourself, the more that you see in others things to love. And so knowing that, know that anyone who judges you, anyone who does have anything negative to say about you is only doing it from a place of emptiness within themselves. And those opinions are not opinions that you want to take on at all in general. So why let them determine your life? Why let them guide you? It is guiding you from a place of energetic mishap, something that you don't want. You truly want to be able to speak. You want to be free. That's what we all want. At the end of everything, we just want freedom. We just want the ability to choose. We just want the ability to move. We just want the ability to not feel so trapped and not feel like we have to do these things and we have to be this person that we are not and just really release and exalt who we are. That's really what we all want. And when you realize that other people are keeping you trapped just by existing, just by the potential or the possibility of them perceiving you, you have to stop caring about what other people think. And at the very least, you have to try 
When you have gone through your entire life people-pleasing, making other people happy, trying to get validation from other people, and that is your one sole source of feeling good is when other people are happy, it's going to be really hard to do this. If you wouldn't invite someone into your house, if you wouldn't invite someone into your space, you don't want to let them in your head. And the only opinion that really should matter is your own opinion of yourself. And if you're identifying with other people's opinion of you, that you're not good enough or you shouldn't do this thing, it might just be time to look inwards and see what part of you might agree with that. Because if you didn't agree with that and you moved knowing who you were, not caring if other people get it or they don't get it and having a trust within yourself that the people who get it will get it and the people who don't won't and that's fine, then that wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what the judgments of other people were. And you also know within your heart and soul and bones that it's not something you're ever going to be able to escape unless you make the conscious choice because people are always going to talk. People are always going to have something to say. People are always going to cast their projections and their beliefs about life and the world onto you and it's your job to stay grounded in your power and not care. If you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership, so you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. If they do and not let it sway you. And this doesn't mean being defensive of other people when they try to give you constructive criticism or when they try to give you their advice or their opinions. It just means not being attached to them for approval. It just means being able to take them and maybe even consider them and say like, is that true? But always having groundedness within yourself that it's not going to change how you move. It's not going to change how you decide to be. It's not going to change your ability to be free. So that's something I want to talk about is needing validation from other people. And that being the real source of why we are so adamant on not believing in ourselves. It's probably because we've always looked to other people to tell us that we are doing well and we didn't maybe develop a trust in ourselves when we were younger and that's followed us around. But knowing that you're just not going to be able to please everyone and that you can be the most beautiful, amazing flower on this earth and there's going to be someone who's allergic to flowers or doesn't like flowers, that's something that you just have to come to terms with. When you decide that you are not going to people please anymore, when you decide that 
your happiness is the most important thing and you're going to be kind and compassionate, but you're not going to let it rule your life. That's when your life really changes. And that's when you stop looking for validation in other people and you just start looking for it within yourself, knowing that how you move is up to you and you're going to do something that makes you happy. You're not looking over your shoulder or looking to anyone else for their approval, for their validation, for you know, the check if it's okay. It is okay. You know that. You don't need their opinion. You don't need their perception. It's great to have support. It's amazing to have support, but you have to stop looking for validation in other people, in things, in relationships, in false senses of intimacy that don't serve you. I think it also maybe starts with examining where you are chasing approval where you need it. We all want it. We all want that nod up that it's all good and it's okay and that we're doing well. We look a lot outside of ourselves for that external validation. But at the end of it all, you start to realize that the only person's opinion that matters is yourself. You are the only one that you wake up to every single day. You are the only one that you go to sleep with every single night. You are the only one on this earth who has been through every single experience, who has been through every heartbreak, who has been through all of the different modes of pain. No one else but you knows what it's like to be you. So why are you looking to other people who know an ounce of you, who have not lived in your body? When you really come home to yourself and say, wow, Why am I letting other people's perceptions determine how I feel and how I move? Why am I judging myself so harshly when I am the only person who has to live with my thoughts, with my life? No matter if you get into a relationship or you share things with other people, the experiences of this life are wholly your own. And you break out of a certain set of constricting beliefs when you wake up to that. You really learn how to choose to be embarrassed. And when you realize that that's a choice, you don't make that choice anymore. There's this part of us that always wants to cringe, that always wants to judge ourselves for speaking up or stepping out or really being connected to who we truly are. You really examine where you are letting other people determine every action, every move that you make. And you take back that responsibility, you take back that freedom, you take the choice within you to be embarrassed and you say, you know what, why? What is the point? Because we are always thinking about ourselves. We are always overestimating how much other people are thinking about us, thinking that everyone's staring at us, talking about us. We are so paranoid of other people's perceptions. And when you just realize that no one really fucking cares and that you shouldn't either, then you stop caring. You stop trying to influence other people. You stop trying to get other people to see you and you stop judging other people. You just let people do what they want. You throw your hands up and say, okay, whatever. Like, I don't know. I'm going to let them be and I'm going to assume the best and I'm going to move on and keep my eyes shut and put on blinders. Why are we so hellbent on determining our thoughts, our beliefs, our perceptions, the way that we are, the way that we look based on this illusion, this illusion that other people have this story of us in our minds that we are ever only feeding into if we do that, if we align ourselves to their judgments and perceptions. So when you find your voice and you navigate self-doubt and you come into a certain set of confidence, it really starts with just being able to see that 
Other people's thoughts and opinions don't fucking matter. No one's really thinking about you nearly as much as you are thinking about you or you think that they are thinking about you. And that the people who are going to judge you, the people who are actually going to sit there and make you feel bad about something, you don't want their opinions anyways. So why are you letting it determine how you speak, how you move, who you are, how you own who you are and yourself? It's because part of you agrees with them. It's because part of you believes that you are not good enough or that you shouldn't or that you can't. It has nothing to do with them. It has all to do with you. You also have to make the conscious choice not only to stop gossiping or judging other people, but to stop making jokes about yourself out of self-deprecation. Making little jokes in passing conversations that deprecate yourself, that make yourself a bit watered down to maybe make a joke or make other people feel more comfortable. Things like, oh my god, I forgot to lock the door. I'm so stupid. You need to stop looking in the mirror and having something to say at the reflection staring back if it is negative. You need to let yourself be and you need to not feed that subconscious limiting belief with jokes that aren't even jokes. Your subconscious does not have a sense of humor. Your subconscious does not take something like that and brush it off. Those are all stories. Those are all narratives. Your words hold so much power. Being able to find your voice means being careful with what you say. It means really owning what you say. It means everything that comes out of you is usually and for the most part something that you can back up, that you have a reasoning behind saying, and you don't need to explain that reasoning to other people, but you just know yourself. You believe in yourself. You have conviction in what you're saying. Finding your voice and navigating that self-doubt and really honing in on a confident piece of who you are, learning to be identified with that piece of who you are and not the scared part of you that wants to hide will come when you learn to express yourself freely. Learn to express the creative callings within you. You learn to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. It's never going to be comfortable starting something new. It's never going to be comfortable meeting new people. It's never going to be comfortable to take a risk to share the vulnerability of your heart but when you do you realize that it's not so scary and every time that you do it you develop an inner trust within yourself and you develop a ability to see yourself as someone not only worthy but very capable and so it's important to realize what part of you wants to do something and what part of you is keeping yourself from doing that and really examine that belief is it really because you don't have that much time is it really because you don't know where to start or you don't know what to do? Are those things really true or is it just because you are scared? Is it just because it will be uncomfortable? In those moments of discomfort, we have to realize that there is an opportunity for growth. Every single thing that you've done that you've taken a risk for has at one point been uncomfortable. We've all had a first day of school. We've all had a first day of a new job. Going into situations where you have no idea what landscape you're entering into feels so uncomfortable. It feels so hard. It feels like nails on a chalkboard inside of us, but we've all had to do those things. And the more that we put ourselves in situations to do those things and to come out of our comfort zone, the more ability that we see ourselves having in taking those risks and being okay and trusting in the divine timing, the divine nature of things. We just know that it's going to be good. And we just know that, yes, there's fear, but I'm not going to let it hold me back. I'm actually going to let it move me forward. You have to 
just rip the band-aid off and do it. Close your eyes if you have to, but open them and then look around and say, oh my god, it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. Like, wow, what was I so scared of? And realizing that you did that, you were able to do that and you can do it again and you can do it again and you can do it again and it's going to get easier and then it's going to get harder and it's going to be a lot of flux, but that is okay. All of that is okay. It's the fact that you are in connection with the part of you that wants to move and not in the part of you that wants to keep yourself stuck. So that part of you is always going to be there. It's always going to chitter chatter in your brain. And the way that you silence it and the way that you let it calm itself down just a little bit is by going against it, is by choosing the opposite. It's by choosing the growth. And that is really the only way to grow is to be uncomfortable, to rip that bandaid off, to say, I don't care. I'm going to do it. Let's see what happens going full force into this. There is a worst case scenario, but there is also a best case scenario. And I'm going to see what happens. Navigating self-doubt and starting to find your inner voice is all about listening to the incessant chatter in your brain that tells you not to do something and choosing to go above it, choosing to go beyond it, choosing to rewrite your own story, fervently choosing peace over and over again, being on an endless search for peace, putting yourself at the center of your universe, looking at your decisions and asking, who am I doing this for and why am I doing this? And in the moments that I have had my ups and downs with creative expression, what always helps me to come back to it is the why. Why am I doing this? What is this for? How do I actually want to feel? How does this make me feel? And I notice every time that I start to kind of pull away from finding my voice and my voice becomes smaller and smaller, it's because of the external pressure that I am paying attention to, that I am feeding into, that I am creating. It's because I am presupposing that there are these restrictions and limitations and I am believing them. And I realize that I don't have to believe them. I can choose something else. I come back to the why and I do things authentically from a place of being. And that is how you move through it. You choose peace. You're on a relentless search for peace. And if you really make that choice and say to yourself, I want my life to be peaceful, I want my life to be filled with ease, then it will be. It will be easier to speak up. It will be easier to have conviction in what you're saying the more that you get to know yourself and the more that you trust yourself. Speaking your truth requires a knowing of your truth. It requires spending time with why it might be so hard for you to do that. It requires examining parts of your life where you didn't act and you wanted to and taking inventory on where you can put things into momentum, where you can prove to yourself that you really are okay, where you can stop people pleasing, where you can stop looking for validation in other forms. It's a really long journey. And it's one of a lot of flux because you're going to feel really confident sometimes and you're going to feel really scared and insecure other times. The point is not how you feel. It's to do it anyways. It's to do it always. It's to always make the choice to honor who you are. And sometimes that does mean stepping back. Sometimes that does mean moving in silence. Finding your voice is not just about speaking your truth. Finding your voice is also about learning when silence is the best motive. It is the best 
best way to move. It is the best way to be. Finding your voice is about protecting your peace. You know that you have conviction. You know that you will choose freedom. And sometimes freedom means releasing our opinions, releasing our voices, sharing with the world. And sometimes it means taking a step back, pulling away and going inwards. And that is all for you and only you to decide. You navigate self-doubt and it really is a navigation. It really is a journey. It really is finding things out and having to sit with them and then come out of it. And you navigate that really scared part of you by giving yourself space to be not trying to force or change or control, not needing other people to behave a certain way for you to feel all right, not needing to seek validation in other people or other things or approval in the world. It's just a radical acceptance of being. Okay, this is where I'm at. That's fine. I know I'm not going to be here forever. I know it's just a moment. I know that I'll rise above. I know that there's a lesson. It's about saying those things to yourself when you're going through times that can feel really difficult, really constricting, really, really hard. You were not given a voice so that you couldn't use it. You have to realize that the things that you want are not coincidental and going against the grain of them and choosing to fit yourself into a tiny little box is keeping yourself so constricted from the most beautiful reality that you could imagine. It is keeping you inside of a cage and the only person who can change that is you. And it just starts with the visceral protection of your peace. It starts with believing yourself, not questioning every move you make. It starts with making authentic choices in who you are to become who you are. It starts to happen when you can create a vision of your life and know that you're the only person who can get yourself there. Finding your voice, navigating self-doubt, becoming confident, not caring what other people think. Those are some of the biggest lessons that we have to learn in these human bodies. We have to learn to make friends with the parts of ourselves that we hate. We have to learn why we hate them unraveling all of these things all the time it's just constant unraveling constant learning constant flux and a lot of it is really beautiful a lot of it really is and when you learn to find that voice when you learn to speak your truth when you learn to stop hiding you rewrite your own narrative you realize that you've always had the power to do that if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together you don't have a life You have an act. So live your fucking life. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. No, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you just so love, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself.